the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hey there. Welcome to another two-hour broadcast of Come Together San Diego. You know, if, 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 you, if you're familiar with the show, you know that we tackle topics that are really vital to men and women, uh, actually men and women of faith here in San Diego. But this time we're going to change the rules a little bit and deal with uh, uh, boys and girls of faith as well. That is your youngsters as well, my listening friend. You're going to have fun with this. The first hour, we're going to talk about ways to equip school-aged youngsters, actually high school and going into college, that age group against, you know, you ever been in a school environment, you would know the anti-God or the anti-Judeo-Christian uh, rhetoric that's going on there. And if you are a proclaiming Christian, you get to be a target. And uh, we have some people in our first hour that are that have dealt with that and are dealing with that, and their insights are going to help you. Joe and Stacy Gayona with Throughout All Ages Ministries. Hey, Stacy. Hi, how are you? And hello, Joe. <laughs> I'm well, I'm well, I'm ready. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and the second hour, my listening friends, be ready because we're going to talk about the topic dealing with turning your boys into godly and confident men. And uh, that will be with a licensed marriage uh, and family counselor who is a friend of mine. But I'm not going to tell you right now who that is because he's going to come in and he's going to wow you as well. That's the second hour. So... Stacy and uh, Joe, uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry and your heart cry, because I, I've known Stacy, my friends, for uh, a number of years, and she's got a lot of heart cries, but this is one of them. So let me just start with Joe, because I know you're going to be jumping in about any time, because you're that kind of cool lady, okay? So uh-huh. Joe, why don't you start with this, and uh, and give us the name of the ministry as well, and then we will jump on into uh, Stacy's perspective, and then we'll just rock and roll. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we're called Throughout All Ages Ministries, uh, Kaz. is was about four months before 2018 as we uh, got uh, recognized by the state as a nonprofit, which was great. And as I was sitting there praying, and I had been praying for four years, uh, Lord, how can I reach out to these students even quicker uh, instead of just these getting out to classes and a year goes by and I come back? How can I get to these students quicker in San Diego? And uh, it was an undeniable uh, a conviction that God gave me that you need to go out to the high schools, start with this generation before they get into college. And this is where we started up 1530 Apologetics. Now, at first I was resistant to it because me and God had this conversation two years prior. I'm going to ask you in a moment what 1530 means, but Stacey, any any uh, color commentary on this so far? Yeah, well, we want to build up students' character so they can intellectually think about their worldview and test it against truth. So as they look at their worldview, they test it with truth. 
We say we're a Christian, but we want you to test your worldview. That's been around. These worldviews have been around for ages. Yes. And we're like, look at your worldview, and that's weigh it out with truth and see if you're standing on the correct worldview. Now, a lot of these youngsters that are involved, you 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 build, you are encouraging club environments uh, in in the high schools and maybe in college areas wherever possible, yes. like that, so that uh, so that they can hang together and 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 be. Uh, encouraged one with another and so forth and so on. But as you, as you look at these youngsters, a lot of them have already have a a Christian persuasion. Yes. And so uh, they, they're coming in with some level of understanding about what the world's like, but I'm sure when you get into the public school system, you're kind of amazed and these youngsters are amazed. Well, well. they've had so much influence and indoctrination. We're losing them. And so um, we're noticing that these kids who grow up in Christian homes um, 65 to 85% of them are walking away from their faith. And this is staggering. We're wondering, why is this happening? And so we're finding that they get to hear these testi- amazing testimonies. They're hearing Bible stories. But when they leave the home and go into college, the professor says there is no God. And our kids are looking at these professors, and they're, they're thinking, wow, they must know because they're a professor. Sure. And so at that point, they fall away from their faith. And we're saying, hey, that's built them up before they go to college. And then we'll say, we'll give answer these 50 questions that they might have, the doubt they have. And then when that professor comes up and says there is no God, well, guess what? They'll have an answer for the hope that is in them. And they'll have an answer not only for that teacher, but everybody that's looking around. And, and John, I want you to respond to this. But, uh, you know, I, I sense that if a, a person wants to be popular in a school environment, that that's one of the driving factors for a youngster in, in, in high school and even into college. They want to be popular. And they figure their uh, their worldview of uh, Judeo-Christian perspectives it won't be that popular. But if you get a few strong young people that can stand and 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 speak their faith with conviction, and uh, other youngsters and even uh, administrators and and teachers know from their heart that their words are true. They become the bulwark in that college or that high school environment that other people gravitate to, and all of a sudden you've got believers influencing the school system instead of the school system influencing the believers. Joe? That's right. That's right, Kaz. And the thing is, is when this conviction came, we had to really strategize. How are we going to get into this? We can't just come into these high schools with uh, politics or we come in just with the Bible belt and talk about Christianity all day long. So our strategy was to come in there and just lay out the worldviews, whether it's atheism, skepticism, Christianity, Buddhism, and let's let them intellectually begin to think about these questions, why they believe in what they believe in, and stand on those issues. And so we weigh them out on a scale, guys. Oh, I love it. And this this is a kind of a, the, the school system will allow you to do certain kind of clubs and things like that. So that's your inroad to do this, the clubs. And, and I've heard this uh, phrase bantered about, and Stacy, I want you to help me define it, 1530 apologetics. What does that mean? Okay, when you go into these clubs, you have 1530 minutes to present before these students, these high school students. And what's so amazing, as I see my husband go in there, he has so much information to um, proclaim to these students. It's like they walk away just blown away. Wow. I mean, I'm being taught 
certain things. You know, we have history books in school. We have science books in schools, but they have changed them dramatically. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I'm just so amazed and impressed with the way my husband presents so this fifteen thirty apologetic. Yes. Now so ha- help me understand the fifteen you have like yeah. fifteen classes, fifteen classes, yeah, so, thirty minutes so, each. What, so, is that, what does that mean again? The fifteen. Yeah. So what Kaz is uh, in these clubs, especially most of the time, they're at lunchtime. Oh, I see. And so you got fifteen minutes of entertainment, fifteen minutes of fun, and fifteen minutes. And so this is why we strategically said. We're going to give easy answers to hard questions. Uh-huh. And if they want to learn more, they can go to our website. They can go and follow up. But right now, we want to give a justification for what these worldviews say. And ultimately, at the end, I tell them this, Kaz. I said, listen, I'm a Christian. I stand on a worldview that has more answers than any other worldview. That's <laughs> yes. why I stand on it. But I want you to question it. I want you to question Christianity and every other worldview we have. We're going to question it all with truth and contradictions. Oh, truth and con- that's so so good because the truth can bear its own weight, can it, Stacy? Hey, we have we have history, science, archaeology, prophecy. You know, the Bible is the history book. That is, is so our right. history book. That is so right. We're going to talk some more about this in the greater detail because I think we've whet the appetite of many of our listeners, especially those who have uh, youngsters yeah. that are in the, the the high school age or just going into the college age. And you want them to be equipped. We, it talks about the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. That also includes the equipping of the youngsters for the work of mm-hmm. God's ministry through them. We're going to talk more about that in the next segments uh, in this first hour. But well, there's another thing going on. I like to see what's going on, Stacy and Joe in San Diego County. And, you know, speaking of youth, uh, uh, babies and even unborn babies is an an issue that is uh, uh, in the forefront of a lot of believers' minds in San Diego County and beyond. And there's a movie that is out. I've had an opportunity uh, to see that movie, the preview version, and it's it's out and it's doing wonderfully. And it speaks about uh, um, uh, Judeo-Christian values from the womb on, and now you have something that you wanted to share, and KPRZ is involved in that as well. Uh, it's a movie, my friend, if you've uh, looked around, you may have heard the title or the name of the movie called Unplanned. Yes. So uh, in about 30 seconds or so, give an overview okay. of what that well, topic is. Yeah, Unplanned is about Abby Johnson, who worked at Pellant Parenthood. And so she is telling her story. It's out in theaters for a short, short time, and we are... My friend, my dear friend, Joan Peace, is offering this free to the North County people. So what you can do is go to Throughout All Ages, our website, scroll down to the bottom, and fill out the information. Under the word tag, T-A-G, put movie. And that means you're interested in this film. And we are going to shoot you an email for the information regarding this free movie. And, and it's Sunday, yes. and there's two shows. This 145, coming Sunday? This coming okay. Sunday, 145 and 345. Yes, yes, yes. And there's also, yeah, I want to tell you that this, this is a, a movie that you need to see so that you can be empowered, so that you can have the ammunition to stand in the face of people who go, oh, a woman has a right to choose and all this stuff. Like When you get down to the facts of the matter, it's euthanasia, pure and simple. It's murder, pure and simple. And my friend, you have some friends that need to be impacted by this. And once again, give because I'm going to tell a little bit about uh, the KPRZ tickets available as well, but yours is for Sunday. And what's the the address for your website? You just go to throughoutallages.com, scroll to the bottom, and then fill out the information below. It's like email, first name, last name, and under tag 
put movie and you'll receive an email at the end of the day. And that's for the this coming Sunday. Yes. Also, there's a movie available that has has uh, free tickets on April 11th, April 11th, and that's through KPRZ. You know, KPRZ, we, we, we love God's word and Judeo-Christian values, and we hate the abortion issue, and so we're making tickets available as well. That's on April 11th at uh, AMC Mission Valley Theaters. So you need to go. The only way that you can get those tickets is to go to kprz.com and you'll see the banner on the front page of the website and click that and it'll tell you how to to get those. So there's really no excuse for you not to see this movie. And you can even bring some peeps along uh, and they will see reality before their very eyes. My listening friend, what an honor to have Joe and Stacy uh, Gayono with me and uh, the ministry through all ages. And we're going to talk more about how to equip and empower your high school and college age youngsters to be able to defend the faith <laughs> and even defend themselves. And we will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And welcome back to this Come Together San Diego show with my co-host for this entire hour, Stacy and Joe Gayona of Throughout All Ages Ministries, and they're talking about an outreach that they have called 1530 Apologetics, and uh, good to have you back. I'm, I'm thrilled that you're both with me, uh, Joe and Stacy, for the entire hour. Yes. Oh, I'm thrilled. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kaz. We kind of opened the door here, and now let's spend some time uh, explaining, explaining ourselves, shall we? You, you know, we talked a little bit in passing about the uh, dangers in secular high schools and colleges. You want to elaborate a little further on that so that we can, you know, identify the problem so we can really jump into the solution. Yes, well, for the last, since 1963, Kaz, since the Bible's been taken out of the schools, the public school system, we've had sometimes the gospel in it, we've had these relationships, but we've never had apologetics. If anyone doesn't know what apologetics is, go to 1 Peter 3.15. Always always be ready to give a defense, that's apologia, and that's where we get apologetics, to give them an answer. And so we go in there knowing this, is that all these kids since 1963, they haven't had a defense of thinking. They haven't, they haven't even been intellectually thinking why they believe in what they believe in. So they get to that first year in college, and the masses come at them from the college, the campus, let alone the professors. And because they don't know how to answer, Kaz, the problem is they become weak don't want to talk about it, and Johnny comes home from his first year in college, and he doesn't want to go to church anymore. He doesn't yeah, want to he's talk indoctrinated about in the wrong, totally the wrong direction. That's right. You know, one of the things I've found, and this, this works in a, a, almost everything I can think of where the Christians need to make their stand, we think that, that there's, a, a, there's a, a major threat of the other guys trying to make their point, but when it comes to, well, let's debate it, they'll disappear because they really don't have a defense for godlessness. I mean, anybody who you, you have a you, you, kind of a rudimentary observation of godly things, but beyond having that understanding, you have the lifestyle. Uh, it's hard to defend against that. And so when you really get down to the discussions, if you equip a young person with a confidence that God is God and they have a few personal experiences in that light, uh, these people are not only going to steer clear, but they may ask a few questions as well. 
Yeah, and Kaz, my job when I go in these uh, school uh, public schools is not to come, not to sit there and tell them you have to believe in what yes. I believe in. What I do is I lay it out before them. I lay out what the belief system are are to these worldviews, and as I lay them out, they begin to make an argument for what they believe in and why they believe in it. And I said, "Listen, you can hold on to any worldview." That's up to you, but I'm going to tell you where the contradictions are, and we need to question these things because I don't want you coming to college or talking to someone and you don't have an answer for the reality that we live in and does it make sense what you believe in. Yes, yes, yes. Let me backtrack just a little bit, Stacey, and ask you this question, and Joe can jump in as well. Uh, How hard is it? to get into the school environment and uh, begin clubs. T- tell us a little bit about that. That's the first phase, uh, I guess, to be able to get in there. Well, Kaz, you're asking the wrong person. I'm a San Diegan. I grew up in San Diego. <laughs> so I have built a lot of relationships. So once my dear friends or those in the public school system have realized what we're doing, they're excited to bring us in. And um, once they hear Joe... This is something foreign to them. And these um, leaders in these clubs, sometimes I will get a call before he even makes it to the door saying, hey, I would like to schedule Joe for the next four Tuesdays. Oh my. And so um, they are excited. He's g- excited. And they're getting very excited and wanting to learn this too. So, so Joe, Joe, walk us through kind of the, the first interaction that you right. have. Well, our first topic is, Kaz, my ideal is to go from San Ysidro to Oceanside. Don't miss a high school. For every high school, there's a community. Oh, yeah. And I want to, them all to hear the same answers, the same questions. And so my first topic is usually worldviews and why it matters, how you live, how you act, and how you answer questions determines your worldview. And Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. And that's true with worldviews too. You can't hold on to two worldviews. They contradict each other. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I'm I'm, I'm sensing a lot of people that are going to be listening to this, they're San Diego County parents, basically. And they're saying to themselves, my my child is in a, a high school environment. Uh, but how do we get a club started in an environment like that? What what can you tell them to to encourage them, Joe? I, I think uh, that's something that I would lay uh, for Stacy to talk I about. I knew you were going to hand that baton. Okay. Over. I do the speaking; she gets me in. But here, here's why: <laughs> I've 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 known Stacy or observed her for quite some time. She's a lady who has relationships. Yeah. She has relationships, and my listening friend, I I would suspect that there are a lot of school. Uh, teachers and educators that really have a heart for this, but they go, how do I start? What do I do? And so um, so I'll let you use that. It's really about the teachers and the students' involvement. And then from there, you just run with it. So you have to have a student have a heart for a club and um, have a teacher who has that heart. And then that's how the begins. Okay, so uh, the, the school administration mm-hmm. says, okay, I've got a student or a teacher or yeah. both that would like to do this. Uh, what's it going to hurt? I mean, there's there's a provision for this. I mean, there's a lot of different, call, there's a bunch bunch of high school clubs, a variety of different yeah. topics. So they're kind of obligated to do that if they have yes. the genesis of a group. Yes. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. You're so, exactly right. Well, and Kaz, Kaz you know, we since September, we started, it's very young. We started this in September, actually six weeks before school ended. 
And their whole strategic plan was this, Kaz. We said, listen, we're going to come in for free. We're going to come in every time that we speak, wherever it may be, we're going to come in for free. Whether you're sick, anniversaries, birthdays, you don't got a topic, call us, we'll come in. And sure enough, as I threw Stacy out there and I said, Stacy, <laughs> can you go tell them what we're doing and what we want to do? They called us back. She went out on a, on a uh, she went out. We had six weeks before school was ending of last year. They came, called us Monday around nine o'clock, said the Wednesday speaker can't make it. Can you come in? I came in Wednesday at 11 o'clock with the, uh, why is this a infinite, is this an infinite or a finite universe? And after that topic, they called us back that night around nine o'clock and they said, we got six more weeks, six more schools. Can you come and speak about apologetics? Now, now is this an administrator that was making this? This was a club. You? This a, was a, a, club, a club, yes. Okay, so th- are you, you're saying that many of these schools actually have clubs in existence. Yes. So it's not a matter of you having to go out and start from scratch. A lot of these uh, high schools have a quasi-Christian club or Judeo-Christian club, and it's just a matter, they, they need to, to have uh, 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 resources or, what do I want to say, curriculum. The, the other thing, Kaz, is they could just go to our website or call us, our number's there to freely call us, and we can begin to tell them how to set it up, because as soon as they call us, we can go to their school that they're at, find out what kind of clubs oh. are in there, and there is that's when we begin to move forward uh, with Stacy here to do yes. her work. Yes. And Stacy, give us a website so that people can find out more about this. You can go to throughoutallages.com or you can call me at 619-733-2736. Give that again, would you? 619-733-2736 and um, throughoutallagesministry.com. That's remarkable. You know, Joe and Stacey, I'm sure that there's a moment in time where these youngsters, uh, they have a level of timidity or almost fear of uh, expressing themselves in that environment. But the more exposure they get uh, to people, other people that are faced with the same things, and they realize what they're facing, what they're up against, uh, I think God's going to stir a lot of youngsters up to be able to be bold as lions. I love, you know, watching some of the news uh, and watching athletes, for example, mm-hmm. and at young high school athletes or college athletes, when they, you know, when they have their microphones in front of them, they go, well, first of all, let me just praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to <laughs> praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that blows my mind. I'm going, take that, enemy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you can, as the more we get to speak in these classrooms, Kaz, you can see that their eyes light up. They want to talk about issues. They heard last generation was all about no truth, relativism, and they're looking at it now and saying, what do you have to say? And uh, the mentors are actually putting a box inside the classroom and saying, do you have any doubting questions about worldviews? Throw them in the box, and Joe will come back and answer those questions. Oh, that is so good. You know, lies and uh, fake truth cannot win out against the truth that God presents, can he? That's right. That's right. And the truth comes through Christ. And at the end of the day, as I'm there, sophomore, junior, senior year in these schools, I want them to know the very character and nature of God, the invisible, immaterial God can answer all the questions of life because of who he is and his character. Ah, uh, that is so remarkable. Stay stay with us. I think we've whet the appetites of our listeners, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We're going to uh, delve a little bit more about uh, how to excavate uh, uh, 
excavate the truth. Uh, and so some of these youngsters have uh, what they would think to be valid questions, and they go, I don't know how to answer it. But the, the truth is so obvious many times from, from believers. So when you have a chance to communicate with them, you talked about their eyes light up. We're going to talk more about how God is enlightening the eyes of youngsters uh, in the high school and college environments in San Diego and what you, my parental friend, can do about it. I'm with Joe and Stacy Gaona, and uh, they like to say their ministry is really tied to 1530 apologetics, but it's also throughout all ages ministry and throughout all ages, the website? Throughout all ages ministry.com. Dot com. My friends, Joe, Stacy, and Kaz, we will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And guess what? We are back. You know, there's, you know, oftentimes I pull out a scripture and we use that as a springboard. That's just who I am. You know, in the scripture, it talks about all things working together for good to those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, you know, but that's not an excuse to let strategies of ungodliness kind of take you down. As we need to know that God's going to give us strategies to lift us up. And I, I really appreciate uh, Stacy and Joe uh, Gayona of uh, Throughout All Ages Ministries. And I appreciate their uh, involvement with a a ministry outreach called 1530 Apologetics, and coming into the high school environments, preparing young people to get into the college environments, but equip them to make their stand. So, you know, uh, we, during the break, we were talking a little bit about some of the things that happened to them and some testimonial things. So, Stacy, I'm going to let you take the ball on this. Oh, and uh, Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 we'll let you. Okay. And, he, and ladies and gentlemen, I got to forewarn you, she's a firecracker. So Stacey, lay it on us. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kaz. Well, um, one of my favorite stories is when um, Joe spoke at a particular school in East County. He was walking to his car, and a senior we didn't know at the time was walking pretty cl- fast to catch up with him. And he was saying, hey, hey, he says, I want to tell you, I was an atheist. And a week ago, I gave my life to the Lord. And mm-hmm. I. Um, and when you came in to speak today, you answered all these questions I had doubt about. And then they started talking, and Joe was saying, all right, so um, are you going to be here next week? He says, actually, I'm leaving to college next week. This is my last and day. And this is my last day. Oh, and my. so it was just so neat how God orchestrated that moment. So right before he went off to college to face many trials and to face many peers with doubt, indoctrination, and other professors, um, he was able to um, build that confidence. Yes. That um, and answer those questions that he had, and so that that I really that was just so eye opening and saying, God, thank you so much for the ministry you have 
Yes, Paul, Joe. Yeah, I think you know. So there's a lot of questions that they come. Uh, one, one, at one particular time, I remember in Escondido, uh, a young lady came and she said, "So, what did you say about time, space, and matter?" And I, and uh, and she had her phone. She was ready to write it in. I said, "Well, it's someone bigger than time, space, and matter had to create this universe, and God is timeless, spaceless, and immaterial." And she's writing all that down because I'm sure. And she's when you say go, immaterial, you mean he's uh, not. She, he's spirit. God he's, is spirit, he's spirit, and he's omnipresent. Yeah. He's everywhere, and you need a God like that because you have time, space, and matter. If something bigger than time has to create it, that would be a timeless God, eternal. Yeah. Something bigger than uh, space would have to create this universe because it's created out of space, and that would be an immaterial God that would create that. Yeah. And so time, space, and matter, God is immaterial. Uh, you have matter that's created, something bigger than that, cause and effect has to make that, and God is immaterial. So we got a, a God who justifies the answer for this world, this universe that we live yeah, in. Yeah, and I, I get... Uh, thrown by your word immaterial because in human in daily vernacular that means they're not important yeah. it's immaterial <laughs> yeah, but what immaterial. you're meaning is that God is beyond matter yeah that's beyond, right beyond he's, he's invisible bigger than that yeah he's you, you know I've had a chance to observe uh, young people and there's there's a point in time where they're intimidated you know the, the, their whole life has been you want to say kind of incubatorized you know i mean a christian youngster may be in an environment with their parents and in a church environment and that's what they know and they haven't had a between the eyes experience with the real world <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> they're having an opportunity in a school environment to realize there's stuff out there that can be threatening and it's really important for them to have a bearing to have a uh, uh, an awareness of who they are but who whom God has called them to be. You yeah. want to speak to that just briefly? Yes, uh, Kaz. I, one of my first topics is why worldviews matter. And I say, listen, first of all, if you're an atheist, we get the word a meaning without, ah, and theist meaning God. You're without God. So when you stand on that worldview, you can't believe in the supernatural. You can't believe in miracles. You cannot believe in God. You have to start on that premise just to start off as an atheist, and I get their eyes at that point. Yeah. Let, let's start talking about these worldviews and why definitions matter. Yes, yes. And one of the things that I see on young people, when they get turned on for the Lord, you know, this kind of, I've observed Stacy, and she's one of the most turned on people for the Lord I've ever seen. And when she's in an environment with other people, she's here, she's there, she's everywhere. She's practicing omnipresence, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she is really... She is really uh, a cheerleader for God and God's stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate you doing that. But I, I, I see that same kind of look in a young person's eyes when, when they love the Lord, look out. And, and sometimes I get really depressed about how, how the, you know, the world is coming against our young people and so forth. But then I get a breath of fresh air when I see somebody, the, the young people, and I see them in church environments and I see them out on the street. I have an opportunity to work with a lot of young worship leaders and they are so godly zealous for for godliness and scripture and things like that it's going to be hard to stop him i have opportunities to talk with my son who has a real deep relationship with the lord of course he's 30 now <laughs> but 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 you know the lights are on and he's going yes and these things need to happen and young people are starting to do that and where i thought it was hopeless i'm saying hopefulness you want to talk about that just briefly Stace? yeah yeah kaz um i just know that the word of the Lord is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes. And, you know, as we go out 
and we're doing this. We're doing it for Jesus, you know, in the name of Jesus. And as we um, instill tools for these students and give them apologetics, which a lot of people think you're saying, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not apologizing. <laughs> My husband sometimes apologizes to me. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we husbands know that that's part of the equation of being husbands. A well-placed <laughs> Apology can do wonders. Oh, there must yeah. be a scripture in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep the wife happy, keeps the yeah. family happy. I like but it. Like I think Joe says, we, we're supposed to be separate from yes. the world and set ourselves apart and be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in us. And, yes. and what happens, Kaz, is we, we begin to answer the question, an intellectual argument that brings them to start asking questions. From there, as we answer the questions, it starts to build a character that their next question is always, well, what about morals? What about morality? And as we begin to question that, as we're in the classroom, values come out and they begin to go, oh, there's a standard for goodness. Mm -hmm. I tell them, yes, guys, anytime you call something bad or evil or wrong, there must be a righteous, perfect standard. The atheist can't get that in their worldview. Christianity cuz because we have a holy and a perfect God. So let's talk about these worldviews. And uh, they just love to hear these truthful it. answers. Yes. A, you, go ahead. Oh, go well, ahead. a lot of these, you have a, a handful of students say there is no truth. And I love how Joe reaches out to them and says they're, they're making, there is no absolute truth. Well, right there, they're making an absolute claim. So, <laughs> yes. Joe, you want to share? You know, they, they can't get out of it. And the simple answer is this, Kaz, is I tell them, what are you guys going to say when you say there's truth and someone says there is no truth? What are you going to say at that point? They're all looking at me with astonishment. And I said, listen, guys, as soon as they say there is no truth, they've made a truth claim. They made a truth statement, which contradicted everything about there is no truth as soon as they make that. And it disqualifies them. It's a contradictory statement. Yes. And I said, this is what you got to see when you talk. Definitions do matter when we talk. And I can see these uh, these students getting it to have an intellectually argument, an intellectual thought of why they believe in what they believe in. I love it. And my listening friend, here's here's the deal. I know as a parent, sometimes we kind of stare at one another or we looking at the wall, just staring at the wall and going, can this generation be redeemed? And you know, the truth of the matter is God desires to redeem this generation more than you do. In fact, he implanted that desire within you. And he is busily busily at work, uh, stirring up people that are uh, influential in different areas. There are many teachers, uh, there are many administrators that uh, have this heart cry, but they just sometimes they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think what God is doing in these days, and I see this in San Diego County, he is stirring up people not only to ask the right questions of the Lord, but also to look around and see somebody to their left and to the right who have this similar kind of heart cry. And all of a sudden, if one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. And all of a sudden, we see that this generation, this school generation going from the high schools into the colleges can be redeemed but not only can they be redeemed, they can redeem others by their faith. Exactly, Kaz. And as these students evaluate their worldview, they're going to and realize the Bible is reliable. What's going to change? Their view on marriage, their um, uh, 
um, their view on abortion. Yes. So these are all going to change, and they're going to start voting properly as well. I like it. And they're going to be uh, good examples for others. You know, we've let this slide happen uh, in the 60s and even before, since in the 60s and before. We've, we've, Christians have kind of let go of our obligations in that saying, oh, the government will take care of it. Well, the government will take care of it, just not the way that we want it to. So my listening friend, we're going to talk more about this in this last segment of this hour. We're going to talk a little bit more about how you, as a parent, can partner with these guys and uh, talk a little bit about more about their 1530 Apologetics and uh, Throughout All Ages Ministries. We're going to talk more about that, and you're going to get some more uh, contact information and next steps. So uh, Stacy, Joe, and Kaz are ready to talk to you about that, and we will be right back. back. <laughs> More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And we're back. What a remarkable segment this first hour has become. And I'm, I'm talking with parents and I think it's become apparent that there are solutions for you. I'm sorry about that. I just do my puns every once in a while. People ignore me, but we just live with it. Uh, but it is becoming very apparent that God's uh, wanting us to in- invade the school system and, and take it back for godliness. Because sometimes we forget that th- the whole foundation of things starts, uh, you know, uh, Scripture talks about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. But on a similar vernacular, it's uh, uh, families and then school education and then into the world. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a progression of events there. And, and we need to catch keep our young people attuned to godliness all the way through. And whenever, you know, uh, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. But there's that point, point in time when they're older, there's a, after you train up the child, there's a, p- a piece of time where it goes from being a child to being a growing adult. We need to intervene in that area as well. And so I appreciate having uh, Joe and Stacy. Gayona of uh, Throughout All Ages Ministries, and uh, they like to talk about 1530 apologetics. Yeah. So we were talking during the break, Joe, about um, uh, the, the different questions that you get yes, from youngsters, and I don't want to end this final hour without right. you telling us how parents can partner with you guys and uh, look out world. Right. So, Joe, well, give us briefly some, just some of the you, questions. Some of the, there's about 30 questions that we know that are out there, and it's, is Jesus a true historical figure? When we talk about his resurrection, didn't the mythology gods have 12 disciples, and didn't they have a resurrection? And, uh, and uh, is the manuscripts, are they reliable? Can we trust them? So these are the questions, you know, creation and evolution, how do you mix the two? These are the questions our students are being asked, and when they can't answer these questions and articulate them, they begin to get weak in what they believe the Word of God says. And that's a starting point where we've got to intervene and say, no, we got answers. We got answers for all these questions. Yes, yes. Any thoughts on that, Yeah, Stacey? you know, um, these students are being taught they are pond scum. And when they realize... They're being taught that they are pond scum. Pond scum. I'm not used to seeing that word, pond scum. I went to a K-Author event today. It was really amazing. And she's, we were talking, and it's like, uh, what is it? Zoo, what is it? Goo, Goo to the zoo, zoo to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like it. Yeah. So, so, so do you, any more that you want to talk about that from the, from the question standpoint, or we can spend time 
talking about how uh, our listeners can partner with 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 you yeah. on this. You want to start with so, that, and so, I know Stacy will have a few yeah, things to say so as well. What I want to say, Kaz, is so they your listeners can know this is once we spend about three years here in San Diego, freshman, sophomore, junior year, we're going to stay here. But I'm going to get another passionate guy, and we're going to do the same thing in Orange County. Go to L.A., and as God provides, we're going to circle the United States. We should have answering the culture with apologetics throughout all the United States in every high school campus and going into the colleges. Why not have that in there? You know? Why not? Isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, Isn't that, wouldn't right. you say that, Stacey? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just steering them in the right direction and, and you know, showing them truth and then them seeing it. Yes. What is true science? What is history? And as they, you know, intellectually look at this, they're going to realize, oh, maybe I'm not standing on the correct worldview. Yes. Yeah. Would you, Stacey, would you take a minute? I want you to be a voice of encouragement to the parents that are listening to this, because a lot of parents are going, I've released my son or my daughter into the school system, and I, I my, my influence is diminishing, and uh, God is, says, says, no, I, I want to let you know that you, you still have some influences yeah. there. Why don't you be an encouragement well, yeah, to these ultimately, parents? Yeah, ultimately, God has your child, and we are praying for our children night and day. And, um, but when the one thing about apologetics I had someone very close to me come to me, and after two years of receiving apologetics, they came up to me and said, you know what? I cannot deny that God is real and the Bible is reliable, and it's all because of getting the teaching of apologetics. And, you know, that just made my heart so, you know, rejoicing. Yes. And because when you get to a point of claiming atheism, then you're dealing with another issue, not just moral issues, but you're dealing with now these kids are claiming to be atheists. And we can prevent that because there are answers and our Bible is true. Oh, that's so good. Yes. You know, I, I'm not sure where we want to take this. There's a couple of minutes left. Where, where's Holy Spirit tell, telling you to take this, Joe? Or yes. do you want to just? Yes. No. Um, uh, you know, as we begin to uh, this segment or that's. Uh, so with 1530 Apologetics, as we're in San Diego, we are going to take it across. But there's a way that they can help. The parents can help us move forward in this. Because like I said, everything we're doing right now, we're saying, listen, no cost to you. We want to come out there so you don't have to think about that. Get me in there. And if they can get me in there, they're going to call me back. Okay. And you're talking about the administrators or, or teachers, somebody who have, has a level of influence in a, in a particular school yes. because they have the latitude to, to be able to have a club going on or they may already have a club. Right. Uh, so right. that's your, your, and, your and touch point. That's right. And because I can go in easily as a guest speaker, I can use all the clubs, not just one or two. I can use all the clubs and use that as a backdrop as I jump in there. Yes, yes, yes. Any yeah, thoughts? So um, if you guys look and see what we're doing, and you're like, wow, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of 1530 Apologetic throughout all ages. Um, you can partner with us. That's the only way we can stay alive and keep doing what we're doing. And you can go to our webpage, throughoutallages.com and um, partner with us. And um, we would love to go for coffee with you and talk and give you more information on what we're doing. And um, if you have any questions, and my number is 619-733-2736. We would love for to have you guys partner with us. And uh, uh, 
email or something like that from your yeah. website again uh-huh. and the address? Yeah. Again. So the email you want to see? Yes, it's uh, Stacy at throughoutallagesministry.com. If you want the easy one, it's throughoutallages at gmail.com. You can actually go to any part of our webpage, go down to scroll down to the bottom, put in the uh, information, subscribe to our newsletter. We only send a newsletter out every other month. And uh, so that's every other month, once once every two months. And uh, you can get an update of where we're moving at in San Diego. Very good. Guyonas, uh, Stacy, Joe, thank you for joining us and throughout all ages. And uh, help me with the name of the Apologetics 1530. That's right. Apologetics. 1530. Apologetics. And so you need to look into that, my listening friend, because uh, there are solutions out there. It's not just letting your child loose into the high school and college system uh, without hope. It is... Uh, training them to give an account for the faith and, and the joy that is within within them and, and the hope that is within them, and God has given a provision for that. So, Gayonis, thank you for joining me. And my listening friend, as we gear up for the next segment, we're going to stay with the same or similar theme. We're going to be talking a lot about how God wants to help your youngster make it. <laughs> and so we're actually going to be bringing on some biblical instruction Uh, from a man who's a licensed uh, uh, family and marriage therapist, counselor. Uh, You will love this guy. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. He's got some wonderful insights. Believe it or not, he's a Christian. He has scriptures to tie into many of these things. My listening friend, we need you to know that God is on the throne and he is desiring to watch out for your kids, whatever their age, but we're talking particularly about the high school age and college age and beyond. And next hour, we're going to talk about the transformation of boys to men. (laughs) If you know one or two, hang with us because you're going to love it. So uh, Stacy, Joe, thank you for joining me. And Kaz with his new co-host, his name is Doug Zabriskie. We will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ San Marcos Poway and K29CR Encinitas. FM 106.1 North County. AM 1210 San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. And indeed, we will tell the world. That's part of our commission here on Come Together San Diego. We have a voice. Uh, it's called a broadcast voice, and we have an opportunity to share that with anybody who listens uh, in the archives, but also live. And here we are live talking about... Uh, Education and young people and what God is doing to transform young people into wise, mature people. And so we enjoyed the last uh, hour segment uh, talking about uh, youngsters in a high school environment and a college environment and clubs and so forth that would help them uh, protect themselves and be protected using uh, godly precepts. And this hour, we're going to take it a little different uh, uh theme, but the same overall theme about young people. And I've got a, a longtime friend with me. His name is Doug Zabriskie. He is a licensed uh, marriage and family uh, therapist. And uh, his outreach, the, the company with whom he involves himself is uh, Balance Mental Health and Wellness Center. Doug, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Cass. Thanks for having me on again. 
Oh, it is. It's, it's my pleasure. It's and you have you have a, a real heart for young people. I I know I've observed you with that. Of course, you know you're. Your counseling and, and therapy perspective is young people and families as well. But we wanted to talk about uh, young people. And in particular, you said, let's talk about boys and how to help them become men. <laughs> really, we're talking about how to become healthy, emotionally healthy, relationally healthy, strong, but gentle men. Yes. And gentlemen and gentlemen. And gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> I like it. So let's kind of start out. Let me let me get a little very brief bio for you so people know with whom we speak. Okay, and then we'll kind of jump on in to these this topic, and we're going to go a little bit sequentially. But he, Doug and I committed ourselves to listening what Holy Spirit wants to say and kind of move in accordingly. But let's start out with a little bit of background about Doug Doug Zabriskie. Well, I am a marriage family therapist, and I work with. Uh, I, I don't think of mental health as a person, an individual thing. It has to do with connection and attachment, and you want to have attachment in the family. And that means, in this context, it'll mean what kind of role do fathers play with their sons and daughters, and uh, and how do fathers and mothers help boys become men? And so, there's a lot of emotional connection that's involved with that. Yes, yes, yes. And so, you've you've been in San Diego County for more. Oh, than you wanted me to talk about me? I just forgot a, about yeah, that. Yeah, okay. just a little tiny. Well, I was bit. the program director in San Bernardino for the San Bernardino County uh, Alcohol and Drug Abuse Prevention Program, and so I went into the public schools and churches and different places and work with people who work with youth to help youth become healthier and resist using drugs and alcohol. And we found out if they smoke cigarettes later in life, that they were most likely to not use drugs or alcohol later in life. So the later they started, the later they would use other things as well. And we also found that using positive peer influences was one of the ways to do it. Positive peer peer influences. influences. So we found in middle schools and, and high schools, some of the most popular kids but there were also that we found the ones that weren't doing drugs and alcohol are smoking cigarettes in this context. And we helped those guys to encourage kids to not smoke because it was stupid. And um, it was successful. Yeah. Now tell me just a little bit about your walk of faith. When did the Lord Jesus Christ come into the mix here? You were doing uh, family uh, therapy and and uh, and a marriage therapy beforehand, and then Jesus introduced himself to you. What was that picture like? Uh, when I was finishing up grad school is when uh, I was, I, Jesus came into my life again. Yes. Okay. And, then I, and then you go through this process of becoming a therapist. So I was a believer as, as I was walking into my licensed therapyhood, if you will. The very first time Jesus came into my life, I was a Mormon boy. And I was singing Oh Holy Night with my sister at Christmas time in a Mormon church. Uh-huh. And I was singing with the attitude of, I'm really cool. I'm singing good stuff. We're singing two-part harmony. You know, I'm going to be the next prophet of the church when I grow up. I'm going to really make my family proud. But no, no, Jesus, the Holy Spirit came into that room and touched me yes. in the middle of this Mormon place, and I knew who Jesus was. So for a year, and so my singing after that was praising and worshiping God. Yes, right. and your perspective had to change a little bit, didn't it? Overnight, over, yes, over. Yes, head topsy-turvy. Of course, I fell away later, and that's one of the things we're going to be talking about is help kids not fall away. Yes. Right? But, um, but it was a start. And I had something different than the rest of these Mormons had. I didn't, I, I, I love my Mormon brothers and sisters, but they're missing who Jesus Christ really is. Yes. Very good. We're going to, I'm sure, here's what happens. I, I know you well enough that all these things get intermingled when you carry on a conversation just because it's who you are. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this. So what do you sense, Doug, we want to, we want to begin with the, kind of uh, exploring the problem first and then get into some of the solutions? Sure. Yes, that's good. 
And then we'll talk about, no, let's just let's talk about the problem. Then let's talk about what a godly man looks like. We can look at a couple of biblical examples of what God would like us it. to be like, right? Okay, First of all, with Jesus, but then, then with maybe David. I like, oh, as in King David, as in in one of my favorite guys, as in one of my favorite guys too. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, there's no question that uh, young people and boys in particular um, are targeted. Uh, The enemy wants to take them down. If you look at Israel and all, you know, the, the enemy of Israel always wanted to get rid of the war, war aged young people uh, because there was a major threat there. And I think a mature Growing young person in today's society who has Jesus uh, is a major threat, uh, and so the enemy is looking to take them down as well. So uh, I think there's no question about uh, have being called to encourage young men is something that God wants us to do, and here we are at this radio show. Well, because of Jesus, we know we're going to win this one. Yes. This is a battle we're going to win. But it looks bad really now, and we always know biblically in any other way that, you know, the uh, morning comes after the darkness, right? <laughs> yes. So we're going to have the light, and it's happening now. Okay, so um, there has been a systematic attack by the enemy of our souls on the identity of boys, and it shows itself in many ways. It's socially acceptable now to say, no, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl, mm-hmm. or no, I'm a girl, I'm a boy. So we've, we're trying to eliminate gender altogether. Why? Because there are roles that God has the genders playing, and the enemy doesn't like that. We've gotten rid of the leadership of, of men. And I'll say some of it, I, I, just real briefly, some of that is men's fault, and some of that is the church's fault, because we really lost track of what godliness looked like. And as you were intimating in, in the last session, um, we kind of lost track as a church of the leadership that we should have in the world. So with all kinds of divorces and men leaving the household and not being with their boys, what kind of problem are we going to have? We're going to have a lot of girls that don't trust boys. That's right. And you have a lot of boys that just don't know what to do. Don't know how to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, but here's the deal. We're in a very pivotal time in the United States and the world as well, where God's kids have to rise to the occasion. And, and we need and to help them be. We, we have to, we, those who have been around for a while need to come alongside and kind of model what uh, maturity looks like, what godliness looks like, but also uh, not, not to put condemnation on them to get there, but to model it in such a way where they desire to seek that. So, Carry on, Doug. You said that well. So it starts with us. It starts with the men and the women in their lives, particularly moms and dads, but school teachers and Sunday school teachers and everybody else, living a life close to God, living in the Spirit, and living the way God would have us live. Yes. Okay. So, boys today. I'm just going to read something from a guy named uh, William Pollock. Yes, book and called we'll, Real Boys. And we'll use this as the launching into the next segment as well, because so, so, we've got about a minute and a half or two minutes. All right. So, so, so read what it. he says is boys are messed up. And he loves boys. He was a project in, at Harvard. You know, it's a secular project, not a Christian project, in which they're studying how boys are raised and what happens to them. And he says we're in a crisis, and he says that as an example. Boys are more likely to be labeled as learning disabled in schools, up to 67% of our special education classes, and in some school systems are up to 10 times more likely to be diagnosed with serious emotional disturbance. Okay, translate that for me. What does that mean? Boys don't know who they are. Schools aren't really made for boys anymore. They're made for girls in many ways. Boys don't know how to fit. And they, because they are not treated as boys, they don't know how to fit in. And so they make mistakes. They get nervous. They don't study as well. 
etc. Yes. And can we attack this uh, problem in the next segment? Please. Okay, let's do. Doug Zabriskie and uh, I have some insights for young men to transform them into from boys into uh, responsible young men and godly men because God needs his army prepared for what he's about to do. So Doug and I will talk about this when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Well, we're back. I'm with Doug Zabriski. He's uh, with an organization called Balance Health uh, mental Health and Wellness Center, but also he's known as a licensed marriage and family therapist. Doug, before we jump in, I'm going to throw you a little curve here. I'm going to give you a song that happened that was actually written back in. Are you ready for this, my listening friend? It was actually written back in the 1540s. Uh, I, I, the song wasn't written. The, 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 the terminology was uh, identified back then. There's a phrase called hobbledehoy. Doug, have you ever heard that word before? I, I read it from you. Oh, you read it from me. Hobbledehoy. And then in the, uh, I think it was probably, um, I would say maybe 15, 20 years ago, a guy named Eddie Dean, who was a country western singer, he had a song called Hobbledehoy, which was actually taken from this word hobbledehoy that happened back in the 1500s. Uh, was supposed to, it's supposed to illustrate an awkward young person in the transition phase from being a, a boy into a man. And, and that distance between a boy and a man, there's stuff that happens in between. <laughs> Will you sing it for us? Uh, uh, just a little part of it. Okay. Hobbledehoy, hobbledehoy, not quite a man, more than a boy. Uh, and then, then it goes into the, the hobbledehoy, and it go, goes into the different phases of the young person's uh, youth. And you say, where did you learn that? And I say, I learned that back in 1540. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you were there. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you were there. So my listen, friend, this whole idea about the transition from boyhood yes, into good. manliness has been going on yes. uh, since boys became men. Yes. And so what God wants us to do is help that transition uh, come to pass. And that brings us to the topic that we want to talk about this. I knew you, you knew I was going to get there I eventually. Get there. <laughs> we want to talk a little bit about uh, what is a healthy uh, young man? What is a healthy guy? What does that look like? It's a little bit of, of definitions, and then we're going to dive into more specifics, Doug Zabriski. So during that transition time when we're talking about I'm not a boy and I'm not a man is obviously the time when kids are the most confused. And vulnerable. And vulnerable. Yes. And so we're talking about basically middle school for most of these kids. And so it's a time when boys get aggressive, partly because they got hormones going on, but partly because they don't know what to do with all this energy and and some of them don't have really good direction. And they're put into classrooms that ask them to kind of act like girls in the classroom. Sit still, raise your hand, be quiet. And boys are just hyping with energy and wanting to go. Yeah. Well, during that time, they need to have really positive male role models as well as positive relationship models between fathers and mothers. And so we really want to encourage healthy marriages, and we really want to encourage men who are going to reach out to boys if those boys don't have fathers and show them what a healthy man looks like. They can be in a church setting, a school setting, wherever. We're calling out all those men. If you feel called to help boys, find a place to do it. Yes, okay. yes, they yes. need a role model. They don't know what male looks, maleness looks like, and in this culture, it's not good. Exactly. Okay. You know, if you look around, there are a lot of 
families that uh, either don't have a, a, a male figure or the, the, the man uh, has kind of bowed out of that or uh, there's there's no godliness in some of these environments. And these poor young boys, they just don't know what to do. Back uh, 30 years ago or so, I, I got involved with the Big Brothers organization. Right. And I kind of stood in where there were, were not fathers. And uh, I, I just had a... a you know, uh, being a young young guy myself, uh, just identified with these youngsters, and I hit it off very well with them. But th- they need to have a role model, and uh, God wants us to be role models. That's right. Now I'm going to shift a little bit to yes. to what we ask of boys, which okay. isn't fair and doesn't work, and it creates all kinds of chaos for them. So we have this phenomenon now of many, many boys being more depressed than they've ever been. Okay, and why is that? One of the reasons is because we're teaching them not to talk not talk about their feelings. We're teaching them not to, uh, to admit that they can make mistakes. Don't let on. We're in, in our environment, we're teaching them to be tough and not be weak. And yet we know that weakness is a part of strength. When I can't, God When it's can. properly used. When I can't, God can. Yes. And I need help. So for a boy to be able to say, I'm messed up, I need help, is a good thing, and we discourage that from happening. Yes. I, I can tell you from, from my experience growing up, you have certain people that you identify as role models, but some of these guys are so 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 tough, they go, you know, don't admit your, any, any weakness, don't show, don't show them uh, that your, your feelings are hurt or things like that. There's a balance there that God wants to be able to have us powerful, yet vulnerable, yet powerful. Absolutely. And I'm, so in regards to this, about the don't talk and all those kinds of things, <clears throat> excuse me, think about King David. Oh, I love He's it. He's one of my favorites, right? And what I love the most about King David, other than the fact that he loved, loved, loved God and wanted to follow God and was a worshiper of God, was that he was real. He was genuine. When he was messed up, you knew it. Yes. And who did he go to? He went to God. Yes. I'm sure King David had plenty of other people that he talked with, right? And he'd say, I'm really messed up, or I'm really angry, or God, where are you? And God would always answer him, would always be with him. Yes. I think that the positive role model, King David was allowed to have all emotions. So men are allowed to have these emotions. Not, not, I'm stereotyping, but it's still somewhat true. I can be angry, but we can't even do that. because You're angry. No, I'm not. Yes, yeah. no, sure but, but Scripture says be angry and sin not. So and the, sin the challenge not. is what does sin not mean? Perfect. And what it really means is being honest. Yeah. I'm angry because what we're doing here is wrong, and we really need to change it. It's a very good way to talk about anger. Yes. My wife can do that with me, and I can do that with her. Yes. We you, say it. One of the things that I observed when, when, a, when a man or a young man is willing to show the, those emotions and deal with them properly, it frees up other people that are watching and saying, you know, it's okay to have those attitudes. King David wrote a lot of stuff about himself. What a, in one of the areas that says, I'm a worm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, the, but God intervenes on that, and it st- strengthened him, and he became arguably the finest king in all of Israel. And uh, was the leader of leaders beyond any other leader of leaders. In fact, all the other kings in in Judah and Israel in Scripture, they say, and he ascended to the level of his father David. This king did this, or this king did that, but not quite to the level of David. Because David was a man after God's own heart, but he was also true about his vulnerability and God's strength through him. That's exactly right. So in in regards to um, just a little bit more about David. The passion which we came before Christ and the way he opened his heart up, the way he allowed himself to be loved by God, to be loved by God, that takes vulnerability. It takes vulnerability. 
God wants to desperately love his boys and his girls and his moms and his fathers and his everything else. But we as a culture don't allow that to happen very easily. We kind of put our walls up and we don't want to let that in. To learn from healthy men that you can cry and weep because you're sad or because you're ecstatic because Jesus is in your life or you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit who's working on you in worship in a way that you're just slain to the ground <laughs> and worshiping a God and crying. Those are good things for boys to see, for girls to see too, but we're talking about boys today. Yes, yes, yes. And then also to stand up for your family, to defend your family, Ooh. you know, all those things. We know that. Christian men know that. They defend their families, I believe, by and large, very, very well, okay? But we may fall down on the emotional side. Yes, and really, the emotional side is so, you know, spirit, soul, and body, we can handle, a lot of the guys can handle the the body pretty well, you know, I'm pretty buff, I can do these things, and when it comes to the, the soul part, or the, the part that requires God's sensitivity, sometimes we just kind of look at our wives and go, what do I do now? Well, God wants to have us being confident in who we are, and we, we need to be leaders of the family, and uh, a lot of times in a, in a Christian environment, it's the wife that's the leader, and God wants to transition that, because your boy, my friend, is watching. So, so you know, so you just reminded me, of, so in Ephesians 5, where God's talking about husbands love your wives yes. as Christ loved the church, totally impossible thing to do. It's the goal of that, and you can only do that in the spirit right? Yes, and in, in all that. How much time do we have? Now? We have about three minutes okay. left, Doug. And then wives love your husbands, and also there's mutual submission and servanthood in here. It's not one way or the other. Yes. Okay. So when that happens, what does it say in Ephesians chapter 6? It says, for instance, it says, train your ways up in the children the ways of the Lord. It also says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. What does that mean? What does it mean, Doug? Well, it means a lot of things. One of the things it means, th- good setup there, buddy. <laughs> One of the things it means is know who your children are. You don't treat them all the same. Like, for instance, with my son. If I had done the James Dobson, Dr. Dobson, who I really admire, uh, discipline, and when you do something that's morally wrong, a kid, and they know it, they have to have discipline, not out of my anger, but out of godliness. I'm going to have to punish you. And sometimes that means spanking. That would not have worked with my son. But it's all, a lot of it's definition, too. I mean, you know, God's word is true, but the application, God's Holy Spirit gives you the, the application, application of how that would so apply to your youngster. Following the Holy Spirit and knowing my children, I treat them differently. So if I took my daughter away from social things because she had really wittingly done something that was morally wrong and knew it, and put her away from her friends, she would repent. She would hit the bottom, and she'd say she was sorry, and she'd mean it. My son had his ways as well. So they're just different, knowing your children, and also not trying to make your boy be like you want him to be. That's good. So if you've got a boy that's not sports-oriented, and you're trying to make him a sports star, you're probably going to hurt him emotionally really badly. Yes. going to try to please daddy, who never did well in baseball, or maybe did really well in baseball or football. But he's trying to force his child into doing something his child doesn't want to do. So talk, we've got about a minute or so left in this segment. Just let's start launching on this, and we'll deal with it in the next segment as well. But that, that's an excellent point. You know, I want my kid to be just like me. And a lot of times, because you're the role model, a, a young man will do that. But sometimes a young man has the DNA of the mom as well and the other, the other generations as well. They may have a, a love for music or some other aspect that you as a jock— didn't really have, right. but as a godly man, you, you, your responsibility is to uh, um, to actually discover their calling and come alongside of them. E- even though they may not be a sports person, the, the the character that you have needs to be able to be 
presented to them as long as it's a godly character. Right. And if, with, a, with that godly character, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're called to be a, an athlete or this, that, or yeah, the and other. Yeah, and I don't mean to pick on sports people. No, but that's either. okay. It could be anything. It could be anything. It could be, I would like you to be stronger. I would like you to, you know, be more assertive. Well, some boys just aren't going to be that kind of assertive, like that's dad, true. if he's really. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And, and the okay. fact, when you were doing ballet, Doug, you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you, you, you didn't allow your, your son could do whatever he wanted. But it was so, Kung Fu ballet. <laughs> <laughs> My listening friend, I hope you're enjoying these segments with uh, D- Doug. He's he's a remarkable guy, Doug Zabriski. Uh, he's a uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. And we're talking about God's transformation of a boy into a man and what we can do as godly men and women and parents to make that happen. So Doug and I are going to talk about this further when we come right back. I love the ballet that you, you know, Doug. <laughs> You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hi, I'm Cheon, president and founder of Harvest International Ministry in Pasadena, and I want to make an apostolic declaration. God loves San Diego, and I declare revival and transformation of San Diego. I declare heaven on earth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hey moms, hey dads, hey aunts, hey uncles, hey grandparents, hey next door neighbors and other mentors to boys in your life. The question is, what vital roles can each one of you, us, play, especially godly roles? We're going to talk about that in this segment. I have with me Doug Zabriski, and he is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he's with the Balance Mental Health and Wellness Center and beyond. I've known him outside. Of, I've known him outside of that environment, and I repent. I was teasing you around about wearing tutus and things like. Uh, he does not. He does not do that. I can tell you, for sure. He's a well balanced uh, man. I can just well well balanced could imply you could be a pretty good ballerina. Anyway, we won't even go there. Would you get out of that? <laughs> I'm getting out of it right okay. now because we. I do want to talk. You're a digging little, a deeper, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about our. our People that are listening who may be moms or dads, you know, or aunts or uncles or uh, influencer on a young person's life and uh, talk a little bit about uh, what those roles might be. In particular, what a, uh, we talk a little bit about what a man's role might be with a, with a boy, the godly role, but also what a woman's godly role might be with them. I'm going to hand it over to you, uh, Doug Zabriski, and uh, take this where you think the Holy Spirit wants it to go. When you asked me what we should talk about next, I hesitated only because there's so much. Yes. Yeah. So, so in this regard, there's a lot in just this. How, how are women? So, um, I would. I'm going to try to just boil it down. I think number one, if women love their husbands and husbands love their wives, that's the best thing they can do for the boys and their girls. Repeat that. That's so important. If women love their husbands and husbands love their wives, that's the singular most important thing, other than the most important thing, which is loving God, loving Jesus. So I think what that really means is learning as husband and wife how to be able to communicate with each other honestly and not take things personally. Yes. And so there's a lot of ways the Bible talks about a lot of things about that, but one of the things is you can be angry but don't sin with that anger, right? So what does that mean? That means to be honest and be genuine. So the things we want to teach our boys and our girls are also things we want to do ourselves. We want to have, we want to be connected. 
right? We want to be able to talk to a wife or a husband to, with each other about something that hurts and be able to talk about that and, and have the husband repent, if you will, and try to do it differently. Yes, and, and a lot of this, just a lot of us, just simple transparency, and we men have, and humility, and humility, and a lot of us men, we men have not been raised that way. No, we have. So we have to relearn that. A lot, a lot of it comes with Holy Spirit saying yes, 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 or no, no. So a lot of good men, particularly good Christian men, will try to do good things for their wives. They'll work harder. They'll work extra hours. They'll show up at the baseball game or football game. They'll do this. They'll do that. But they haven't been taught how to be open emotionally. Yeah, and that's, that's what I hear as a marriage fan there at the most. The woman says, if he would just talk with me. And the husband says, talk about what? Because he doesn't know what to share from the heart. Yes. So it's that genuineness of the heart, okay? That sense of purpose as a husband or a wife to each other. What is the purpose? It's to glorify God ultimately, isn't it? As a husband and a wife. Now the young man is watching all along. Husbands and wives serve each other. Yes. So if you hear a tone of voice like a dad getting mad or a mother getting mad or whatever, that's good actually, you know. But then what do we do with that? I'm go. sorry, honey, we need to talk about something. Obviously something's wrong. Let's go to the other room. Let's talk about it. And the kids watch mom and dad. We're irritated with each other. And then somebody says, wait, what's going on here? I'm sorry. There's something wrong. What's wrong, honey? Go into the other room or whatever. Sometimes you do it in front of the kids. Depends on the topic. And then you resolve it. And kids go, oh, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to make a mistake. It's yes. okay to be irritated. It's okay to... Instead of the other way around. And, 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 but also what the end result can be if God is in the equation. You know, that's one of the things I see in a household where you have young men that are very uh, impressionable. And when they see the young, the young man sees the dad that goes, uh, <clears throat> I have to be, you know, it, my way is the only way for right. these things to go. Uh, or he's absent from the environment. That, that tell, gives the wrong story to a young young boy who says, well, if dad does it, I can do it too. And in the modern world, because of the women's movement and a lot of other variables and the, and the role of divorce, the fathers are not generally the primary caretaker of the kids, etc. And so in that modern world, I forgot what I was just going to say, Cass. What, what did I just say to you? Well, you were talking about women and the women's role in all of this, and we, I got off on the track of so what happens about with men. men now, thank you. What happens with men is that they become passive. I, w- I would run into more passive men nowadays in a couple setting than I would men that are overly aggressive. And what that means is they say, yes, dear, and they do all the things, especially as church people, that wives might want them to do, but they're not honest with their wives. Mm-hmm. They're not able to say yes and no. God says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That doesn't mean to be angry about it. It just means we don't have the money to spend right now, honey. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how we can develop that money so you can have that thing that you want to have. Okay, and now let's switch the roles of a woman. Now, what? how should a woman be cognizant of her young boy watching and how okay. should she fashion her it, life? It happened in my office just the other day and I thought about this show and that is if, if let's just say the father's being a little bit harsh with the son because the son's being very terribly disrespectful and he really is being disrespectful, mm-hmm. right? What happens often is that the woman will take the kid's side and she'll say to the, hu- to the husband, honey, honey, I'll take care of it or honey, honey, please, please, please completely wrong way to go about it. And so what is a young man thinking when he sees that the mom take that I don't have to listen to my dad because he's just an angry guy or Uh whatever, right? I listen to my mom. And so they become mommy's boys. And the mom basically takes the side of the young person, which separates the father from the whole equation sometimes, doesn't it? Because there will be a difference no matter what in the way our brains are organized and the way God made us. And men are generally going to be more onto the discipline side. I don't mean punishment. I mean, this is right and wrong. This is what you need to do, son. And women are generally going to be more on the, uh, be emotionally supportive of them. And as a pair, a godly pair, it's perfect. 
because we can yield to each other. Yes. Right? So if a woman says to her husband, to her, to the boy, when dad's getting a little upset, son, listen to your dad. Listen to your dad. This is your dad talking, right? And they're one. Then later in the back room or whatever, she can say, honey, what was going on with you? Why were you so mad? And they can work it out with each other. Well, that's so good. And that, that uh, communication, we think, you know, it's just getting along with our spouse. But the truth of the matter is you're setting the stage for all those little young eyes and minds and hearts to be able to understand uh, g- godliness if you uh, emulate it. This is properly. how you teach godliness. Yes. So kids will read or they'll hear in church or, or something like uh, when in First Timothy chapter 3, and a man is to be temperate and self-controlled and respectable and hospitable and able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well. Yes. And if parents aren't doing that, right, because it's an impossible task to do perfectly. So if parents aren't able to be humble and say to each other, to the kids, I'm sorry. Yes. Right. And to turn it around, kids are going to see these words and not believe them. Yes. When they are the word of God and they are true, we're just not able to follow them as parents sometimes. Yes. And we we have about two or three minutes left in the segment, Doug. What would you say now there are people on the a little bit more on the periphery, like a, a, a school teacher or a next door neighbor or a friend of the family or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent and things like that. By and large, what can they do just from your observation as a family therapist? What can they do to positively impact that young person? I mean, there may be some rules, ground rules set forth by the mother and father that a grandparent may feel, you know, I'm not, I don't have the privilege to impact that young person that way, uh, or a next door neighbor or some other person involved in their life. It's a delicate balance there, but what can a person that is not in the, in the thick of the uh, family dynamic do to impact a young man for godliness? Any thoughts? Yes. I was thinking of my wife who was, uh, for much of her career, for 33 years, she was an elementary school teacher, fourth grade. An elementary school teacher. Primarily fourth grade first. And she learned that there were differences between boys and girls in the way they operated. So for all of them, she basically had general rules or ways they were supposed to operate in the classroom. And it would start with being quiet when you first walked into the room. I mean, she would have an organized classroom. She also was very clear about setting the expectations for the kids. She never, as far as I know, would humiliate a boy or disrespect a boy in the classroom. She would set limits. She would have consequences, but she would never humiliate them. I remember one time my son was in middle school and, uh, and got in trouble because he did something he shouldn't have done. But it was in response to a teacher who was uh, making fun of his manhood in a way in the classroom. What are you going to do, cry, is what the teacher said to him. Teachers can learn how to treat their kids with respect and discipline and do the same things that parents are doing at home. Yes. So for a school teacher or somebody in Sunday school or whatever, to basically treat these kids with respect. And I'll say another thing. A lot of people that are working in middle schoolers are afraid. Say that again? They're afraid. They're afraid of the middle schooler because these are unpredictable kids Uh and they have emotions all over the place. And so to, to... Deal with your own middle school years, because those are the hardest years there ever were, and just remember how awkward that was, and to treat somebody not as if they're bad, but that they're awkward and they don't know what to do, that's a complete difference. Yes. It's not going to be mean or judgmental, but it will be firm. Yes. We're talking with Doug Zabriski, a friend of mine who's a a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, with the Balanced Mental Health and Wellness Center. Doug, we've talked a little bit about the... uh, 
ways to circumvent this. Now, in the last segment, I want to spend some time talking about when uh, boys gone wild, <laughs> when, when, when it becomes when when the, when the boy has gone just too far, and what are some of the steps that you would recommend that a, a mother and father or other other people in their life cannot do to bring that child back into uh, a respectful environment where the God is, has them on the right path where they can uh, excel and be successful. You mind talking about that in the next segment? Yes, I do. No, I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> okay, my friend. Well, we, since we have Doug Zabriski willing to talk about it, Kaz and <laughs> Doug will be right back. More. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Okay, okay, okay. I kind of set the stage for this segment and I could be in major deep trouble. Because I said, uh, what happens when you have boys gone wild? And during the break, Doug said, you may be surprised at what I'm going to say. And I said, gulp. Doug, I trust you. So I'm setting kind myself. Of. You said kind of. I, did I, oh, after that, I said, I after all, I'm here. trust you kind of. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> here's the question I'm going to pose to Doug Zabriski, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and uh, I'm going to pose this to him. He's had a lot of face-to-face, one-on-one experience on these kind of things, so he's going to give an interesting answer. But Doug? Yes. <laughs> what do you do when the boy has gone wild? What, what do you uh, I- instruct the, the parents or anybody else involved in the equation? What's your instruction as a family therapist and counselor? So if by going wild we mean that the boy seems to be in trouble. Yeah. Failing in school, yes. Getting into fights, yes. All those things, all those things. Call the parents in, okay. Evaluate them, okay. So you think maybe it may very well have generate been generated from the home environment. I want to make sure that when parents are listening to this, they're not hearing me say they're at fault because children have even high schoolers have their rights and wrongs too. Exactly right. So it's not going to be the parents' fault. It's usually going to be a family systems problem. Something's going on in the marriage and in the family where they may not even understand how to raise a kid that's going to understand emotions, understand how to get along with others, whatever. Okay, whatever it is. So send them to somebody like me. And there's a lot of Christian marriage family therapists and psychologists and whatever. People at church, there are, there are pastoral people at church that know this kind of stuff too. They're not licensed to do the more difficult things, but they certainly know how to help people and love on them mm-hmm. and give them good advice. So work with the, the parents and maybe with the whole family and find out what is going on in that family that's creating this boy to act out like Now, that. would you say, can you give it a few examples of bad family dynamics that have, have turned a, a young person away, maybe to rebellion or maybe to experimentation of other things, uh, a bad family models or something? Yeah, we like already that? have. Yeah. We said when husbands and wives can't talk honestly Good. with each other about their feelings. Yes. So, so what does that mean? Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. Don't talk with each other about how you really feel. Don't trust each other with your emotions, okay? It's not okay to have a weakness in front of your kids and mom, like it should be for a father to say, I was wrong, okay? Those are prescriptions for drug addiction, for workaholism, because those those problems really come from emotional deficits. It also comes from if we're not letting Jesus love us, letting the Holy Spirit move us, then we're going to do some of this don't talk, don't trust, don't feel stuff because of what's the alternative. Yeah. Jesus is the one that makes us feel safe. Jesus is the one that gave me com- confidence in myself, myself, 
when I was feeling my lowest. He's the one that brought me up. He's the one that took me out of this mire. So part of it might be in a spiritual way with helping the parents to understand how they're loved by God, how they can be vulnerable, how they can make mistakes. Sometimes it means how they can discipline their children because they're not. And sometimes it means don't discipline so much. Let's listen a little bit more. Yeah. And is it ever a time where it would be valid for a parent to say, it's too late for me. It's too late for my intervention with my young person because they've, you know, now they're turned 18 years old, they're out on their own and I have no influence. What would you tell a parent that feels like they did the wrong upbringing thing? Is it, is it hopeless for their child or is this where we have to really engage in very sincere, in-depth prayer? A lot of parents, that's where they've turned. It's, there's no other solution but uh, deep We prayer. have a God of resurrection. Yes. We have a God of hope. We have a God of light. We have a God who transcends all things. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. So really living in that world of hope, you were quoting the scripture about raise your children in the ways when of they the should Lord. Go. Yeah. And, and when they are older, when they are older, they shall not depart from it. So right. you, are you saying that there's a span there that uh, they have to come to themselves like the the... Uh, the, what's the son, the prodigal son, prodigal son. Thank you. So yes, you're absolutely right. There will be a time for instance. Yes, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you can say I, I, I blew it. I blew it. And <laughs> forgive me, Doug. So what, 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 so the prodigal son is the picture of God. And it's also the picture of a good father or a good mother. And so when your kids have gone away, let's just say they're involved, they're older yes. and they're involved with, we have no influence of them any longer in a direct way because we're not controlling their lives you might have to just let them go and give them to God and not give them money anymore or whatever the thing is. Let's just say it's drug addiction. You might have to do that. Some people call that tough love. Yeah, and they call it uh, surrendering or disengaging with love. And that's a very powerful thing. So it, it means I'm not going to chase my kid. I'm going to let my kid know that when you are ready to come back, we're ready to open, have our arms open for you. Yes. Of course, there's a lot that can be done on the home front with prayer. I mean, we're not disregarding the value of prayer at all. In fact, that can be the inspiration behind this. It can be argued that you, the three of us in this room are probably here because of other people's prayer. Yes. Yes. It, no, no question about it. Um, and my listening friend, this is one thing that you need to be aware of, that, that the, uh, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And a more righteous woman as well. So a lot of you, my friends, I know that there are a lot of people listening that they they've just don't know what to do about their their child. It could be a, a son or a daughter, whatever we're talking about, boys. But God is in the mix on this thing, and there's no telling what may just happen. But the thing is, when a son comes back, for example, and uh, has a level of contrition, it's it's important for the dads and moms or whoever's in the environment to deal with it properly. Say a word of encouragement to uh, the those peers, those leaders, uh, when a child comes back with a level of contrition. The tendency might go, and you were wrong, and I'm glad you came back, and you deserve what you got. Now that you're back, you need to listen to what I'm saying. That's completely the wrong direction, rejoice, isn't it? Rejoice, 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 rejoice in the Lord. It's it's accept them. It's have that party. It's bring them back into the fold. It's help them heal. It's, you don't have to trust them 100% right away. Trust is earned over a period of time, but you're opening your lives up again to them. And should, should uh, a level of counseling be included in the equation as well? Always. Somebody that's been there, done that, and uh, has, a, has a, a track record of understanding, and a Christian counselor, of course, has that added dimension to add Holy Spirit into the equation. And, and I really, you know, from my 
perspective as a, a Christian broadcaster, a Christian Bible teacher, and so forth, without that God component in there, you're just going to be jumping into a hotter fire. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Isn't yes. It? It's the start of it. So so in all these things, I gave some advice, but in all these things, we follow God, we follow the Holy Spirit. So we read the Word, and we try to find what is significant and real about it. We pray, we pray, we pray, we pray, and we listen to the Holy Spirit. And then we talk about it with somebody else, that somebody else might be your wife, it might be a pastor, it might be a school teacher, it might be a therapist. Yes. So we've got about a minute and a half left, Doug. Would you, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to pray a targeted prayer, but I'm not going to have you pray for the child. I'm going to have you pray for those who influence the child so that when the opportunity arises for the mom, the dad, the uncle, the aunt, or, or a school teacher, administrator, whoever it happens to be, that God God tempers them and gives them wisdom uh, and counsel to bring that young person back. Would you be so kind as to invest the next minute or so in kind of a, that structured prayer? Because a lot of the listeners fall into those categories. Feel free to pray with me as I the will, Spirit leads you. I, I will okay. do it. Father God, you are so great and you are so good. And you are the God of love. Love is who you really are. God is love. Help us to receive that love, Lord God, and help us to have that love for our children. Help us to see those children in our classroom the way you do. Help us to experience in our hearts for those children in our classrooms and in our our churches, uh, our friends, with your heart. Yes. Teach us what it means to love. Teach us what it means to discipline. Give us the words to say when a boy needs encouragement or a girl. Give us the heart to say that we're sorry when we've made a mistake. Yes. Teach us, Lord, how to use the staff and the rod like you do. Oh, I love it. I love it. Heavenly Father, we I agree with Doug, and here here's the commission that I would ask, Father, to lay upon those who are listening, who have children who are wayward, younger people, maybe young adults, and when they come back, I, I Lord, I just ask you to bring recollection into their minds and hearts of what it was like with them when they uh, abandoned you in some way or another, and the grace and mercy that you have shown them to bring them back into the fold. And Father, be able to let them translate the things that you have done to them so that it can happen through them to their children. And Heavenly Father, we pray for strong relationships in the the fathers and the mothers and the children and the boys turning into men. And we pray that your will is done and your name is glorified. My listening friend, we're at the end of the uh, Come Together San Diego broadcast. What a remarkable two hours. And we hope that uh, these two hours have been an inspiration to you to realize that God is in control. And when we have the right attitude, God can uh, help us along any of the hard paths that there are out there. And he desires not only for boys to become men and young ladies to become mature women, but he requires of us and desires of us to be fully mature in him because he got big plans for YOU. And we need to listen and quickly obey him and then we'll be on the right track. Doug, it's been a pleasure. Come together, Thank San Diego, my Thank listening friends. We have more of these things in future shows, so don't go too far away on Saturdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Come together, San Diego. It's my pleasure to share God's heart with you from my perspective. See you next week.
Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.